Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And welcome once again to another episode of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, or the bell in certain cases, especially on this program, where his mother responds to questions from the EWTN family as only she could from her classic episodes and live shows from the 1980s and 1990s. And speaking back of that time period, we have our own Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Welcome, Father. Great to be with you. I'm Doug Keck, your host. It's always good to learn a few more things from Mother and her insights. You know, and we appreciated all the wisdom that she shared over the years when we were working with her. But I think I'm digging a little more deeply into these things uh, as we're covering these programs. So, so much uh, wisdom and practical advice, you know, that Mother Angelica had to offer. Do you tend to find yourself, uh, in a sense, amazed over the fact that so many of her insights are even more uh, prescient today than they were at the time? Yes, and that's what, in this program that we're doing, you know, that it just seems like, wow, it's even more true today. And I've often talked to people who come here, they say, you know, we still love Mother Angelica's programs, and they're just as relevant today, if not more, than they were when she first gave these answers. And in, and in every language we put it into, you mm-hmm. know, we, we always talk about, you know, we go to Germany, we go to Hungary, we're in Poland, we're mm-hmm. in Ukraine, uh, or certainly in Spanish and French, and you always find out, well, what, what, what's really the most popular program? It's always Mother Angelica, whatever yeah. language. And I remember traveling to other countries and people coming out and Madre Angelica <laughs> and uh, just uh, loving her and just appreciating her insights and her humor. You know, I think that's part of her secret is that we all need a good laugh, right, be, to mm-hmm. be able to take some of the serious things of life, and they are many, but we all need to be able to see them a little more lightly, like the saints did, that they could see, you know, an ultimate end of things, the victory is ours. Absolutely. Let's let's focus on our, our first call uh, that deals with temptation and where it comes from. I think it's interesting because Mother brings up something we don't hear a lot about, original sin. Yes, and uh, of course we have three sources typically that are the source of temptation. Uh, Mother talks about the reality of our own fallen nature, and that's what the caller's asking about. You know, we can't just blame it on the devil. Um, He's certainly behind a lot of temptation and things that we see, but there's also our own fallen nature, original sin, and then the world and its seductions that Mother also refers to. Right, and she also talks about anger, and she talks about that great scripture, blessed are those who make themselves a doormat. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) But you won't find that there. And she wasn't a doormat, and yet she could speak strength with love. And uh, we'll see that also in different answers that she gives. Absolutely. Where does temptation come from? Here's Mother Angelica. We have a call. Hello? Mother Angelica? Yeah, where are you from? I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. Well, good, that's close to home. And what is your question? Well, first of all, I want to say I'm not in the least disappointed with you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But uh, some of my Protestant friends here and elsewhere are a bit confused about temptations from without in the world Mm -hmm. and the difference between that and the serpent. And I would wish you would elaborate a little bit on the fact that most of our temptations really reside within us because of original sin. 
That's right. Thank you. There, the woman can teach you a lesson. You're right. All these tendencies within us are consequences of original sin. And we're very often disappointed because we feel anger. We feel uh, jealousy. We feel oversensitivity. We feel greed or we feel pride. Or you feel lustful or you feel a thousand things. Many of those things do come from us. You want to blame the devil. You know, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. I mean, maybe you're doing so bad, he didn't even pay attention to you, you know? <laughs> Don't take for granted the devil did it. Some of these things, and they're neither good or bad, it's what I do with them. You know, sometimes there is just anger. You know, the Lord didn't say, blessed are those who make themselves a doormat. Did you ever read that anywhere? I didn't read that. So we're not, not talking about that. What we're saying is that many times our temptations do come external sources. Some of your billboards today, they used to be nice, innocent billboards. See? We used to have some kind of shaving lotion things. When I was a kid, they had little plaques and you used to go for a mile and you Burma shave, was that it? And, and you'd read that. They were entertaining. You wonder what was the last word, you know, something about, I remember one, I can't remember the whole thing. It says something about man is uh, uh, an orange, ha I mean a, a peach has fuzz, but man's not a peach, it never was, something like that, you know. <laughs> Use Burma shave. Anyway, used to be you could enjoy things. Many a temptation comes from billboards, magazines. Let me tell you one time when we, years and years and years ago, before television, before radio, before anything, we used to print mini books, tiny little things, we still do. And um, so I used to carry some with me and I'd put them anywhere I thought they needed to be. So a woman next to me in the doctor's office picked up a magazine. And by golly, there was a playboy. And I thought, God forgive this doctor, you know. He's hard up to put playboy in his office. So I said, aha. So I went in my pocket and I got a book called The Healing Power of Suffering. And I took the book like this. Pow. And I closed it. <laughs> and, and the man next to me said, did you know you put it in the center fold? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so those kind of things can come external, a lot of it external today. The way people dress, the way they talk, the way they act, even the way they comb their hair. And, and I never saw poor hair. I feel sorry for people's hair. It goes every which direction and every kind of possible color. And then when they're tired of it, they shave it in different directions all at the same time. And they're going, they don't seem to care. You see some that have it this way, and, and some go this way, and then some go this way. And I thought, if I were a hare, I would, what would I do to this person, you know? Would I bite them or do something? And a lot of those disappointments, and a lot of those that do come from outside, that's outside. That's, we could say the devil inspired it. 
However, many of our tendencies are within. See? See, outside sources help the tendency. If a man's driving and he may be saying the rosary and he sees some billboard very lustful, he's going to have lustful thoughts. See? That's why you've got to watch what you read. You've got to watch what you read. Sometimes the things you read interfere with your faith. They, they put up such questions and doubts. They don't enlighten you. They don't enlighten you. So there is a tendency inside to be jealous. I told you about the twins who came in. They all had a, one, uh, both had an all-day sucker. One hit it. The other one gave me a lick. Well, they were only about three, four years old. Right away, the tendency to selfishness was in one, the tendency to generosity in the other. And I had a tendency not to lick, a lick sucker. <laughs> but I did it anyway. See, those are, we're born with those. And all our life, we have a wonderful span of life that our dear Lord gives us. And the whole purpose of it is that I, cooperating with his wondrous grace, eradicate out of myself and substituting for me, Jesus himself. And now moving on, we have our second call, this one entitled, Prayer for the Broken Hearts. And again, it's a story of a woman who's dealing with her husband who left her. You know, Mother said something here that really surprised me, that her own broken family and her own troubles, she wouldn't change it for the world. And you'd say, well, why is that? Because there were so many good spiritual fruits that came out of that. And I think one of the reasons that Mother was so effective in speaking to people and answering their questions is that she knew, she understood she had been in their shoes. Right. The thing that st struck me about it, it, it seems almost um, counterintuitive that here's this suffering. And instead of it teaching her, as she talks about in this anger, in that sense, it taught her compassion and, mm -hmm. and understanding because she could relate to people who are in the same position suffering. And exactly that's what suffering can do. It can give us a, a better understanding of what other people are going through. Remember that any person you meet is carrying a cross you don't see. And so we can be more compassionate, more understanding with people, even when they may be a grouch, you know, are hard to deal with. Probably there's some underlying suffering. Right. She really comes down to the idea that no matter how disappointed you are, you always have to trust in the Lord. Let's see what Mother has to say about prayer for broken hearts. Sister, hi. Well, hi, where are you from? I'm from Miami. And what is your question? I really don't have a question, sister. I need everybody that is listening, and I need their prayers. Because I've been married for eight years. Do you have children? Huh? Yes, we, I have a seven-year-old son. Okay. My husband left me two months ago. It is very painful. Yes, I know. I know. It's a kind of pain that nobody can describe unless you've gone through it. And I've saw my mother cry every day for years, years, and more years. 
more years than I want to even remember. And, but I can tell you one thing, and I know it may not be much comfort now, but I have the experience that you're talking about. Trust the Lord. Trust. As I look back on my life, my young age, now, now, I wouldn't change it for the world. Oh yeah, I would have wished that I had a wonderful family and more brothers and sisters. But it taught me, it gave me strength, it taught me a lot of things. It taught me compassion. It taught me understanding of people in the same position. It taught me a lot about human nature. It taught me that sometimes when you're down, that's when they kick you more. They don't always raise you up. Maybe this evening I can help to raise you up. Trust the Lord and know though you have lost someone you love, turn to Jesus and Mary. They love you more than this man could ever love you or a million, billion, trillion men could love you. Go to Jesus, because there you will find the comfort and the peace you need to pick up your life and continue on. I'm going to say a little prayer for all of you, for all of your disappointments. For this one in particular, whose husband left her. My dad was gone two years before we even knew where he was. And that was an additional heartache, you see. So for all of these people, if they just hang in there and don't give up hope, Lord Jesus, you know the pain we have when we're disappointed. Disappointed in those we loved and we found they did not love us in return. Disappointed in things and people and in everything and everyone. We're disappointed sometimes in the world and those who run. Disappointed in ourselves. We place all of these disappointments tonight, Lord, in your sacred heart, in the immaculate heart of Mary. We put them as in a furnace of love that you possess. And I ask, Lord, that you give all of these people for all the disappointments, for every disappointment is a heartache. It's not in the mind, it's in the heart. And you are the sacred heart of Jesus. You are the immaculate heart of Mary, my sweet mother. Take them, put them together, all these broken hearts. Mend them and place them into your sacred hearts. And give them the courage to stand tall, persevere and to trust in your wondrous providence, that providence that is always present, always there. Amen. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio.
Let's return to Mother Angelica. Answering the call. With Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us here on Mother Angelica Answering the Call. I'm Doug Keck with, of course, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Our topic and the call is listening to God and faith in the workplace. Where does faith end up showing up in a normal workplace, Father? It's um, putting into practice. And sometimes I tell that to people. You know, they talk about just the difficult environment that their workplace is. Not here, of course, (laughs) at EWTN. And generally that's true. Um, but some people have a really difficult situation. And I say, well, you know, see that as your mission territory, that a lot of times missionaries would go to countries where it wasn't a pleasant place, but they could bring the light of the gospel in some way through their prayerfulness, through their example, and so on. And I think that's what Mother is encouraging here, too. Right, and I think she's also encouraging the idea that if you want to feel the presence of the Lord, you have to stop and listen. Uh, Mm -hmm. She puts it bluntly, basically, you need to shut up (laughs) uh, and and listen to what the Lord has for you and and, and to look for that presence, right? I read an article recently, a college teacher, and she does something every semester. She takes the students outdoors, and they have to have all their phones off and just be silent for like 20 minutes. (laughs) And today, that's a tough order. Absolutely. But then she'll have them write about their experience. Because we've lost the sense of silence. We just have so much noise, so much opportunity for this or for that. And we need to get back to that silent awareness of God's presence. Right, especially as we know in, in the multimedia faceted world where you're assaulted 24-7 every which way, uh, you have to be careful about what you're exposed to. And Mother always had a great concern about that. That's why we need to be people of prayer who just are aware of God's presence in silence. Whether that's in the workplace or at home, let's see what Mother Angelica had to say. We have another call. Hello? Where are you from? Stephenville, Ohio. And what is your question? Well, actually, it's two-part. The first part is I really have trouble listening to what God is telling me. Mm. Um, My Catholic education and faith tells me that he's out there, but I don't feel his presence in my life, and I was wondering if there are any any special prayers or any wisdom you could give me on how to listen better to what he's telling me. And the second part of my question is, how does one remain holy and lead a holy life in the workplace when it's full of gossip and malicious comments and, you know, it's everywhere um, that, right. I, that I go and I can't just get up and leave because I have to be yeah. there for work. So I was wondering if you can give me any wisdom on, on what I can do for that. And thank you very much for your network. I watch you all the time and I love you. First, let, let's, not, let's know that the only way to listen is to shut up. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to say that. I don't mean to be abrupt when I say that. But in order to listen, you have to be quiet. See, you have to be quiet. There's, as long as you're talking to God all the time, it's wonderful. I recommend talking to God about everything. Finding a parking place, uh, you know, trying to buy a hat, uh, Walking down the street, crossing the street, especially if you're in Italy, you might as well forget it. (laughs) In Italy, everything is a matter of utmost martyrdom. (laughs) It isn't just uh, holiness. You cross the street and you run the risk of becoming a martyr. (laughs) But anyway, we have to listen, sweetheart. You have to listen. 
Now, the trouble with listening to God is that you get bored. You sit there and you're listening and there's nothing happening. See? You think there's nothing happening. But the Lord is saying to you very clear, be quiet. Let, let the silence that you hear. See, sometimes we hear silence and we don't like what we hear. Let the silence of your thought, no thought at all, you're just listening. Let that be the stepping stone to the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. That's what's so important. It's important that we are aware of the presence of the Lord. And, and if I were to tell everybody now in this room, and I can't because I'm on television, but if I were to say to everybody, I want everybody to be quiet, and I want you to be listening to the awesome silence, which is the presence of God. You can almost feel it now, can't you? Huh? Yeah, you see? You can you, you you hear you hear that silence. And that silence is an awesomeness. It's not just a lack of noise. It's not just a lack of of um, of, of, of of movement. I want you to listen for just a half a second. Silence. Isn't that wonderful? See, that's the presence of the Lord speaking to your heart. Now, at that point, you respond by saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you. Start with that. It's a very basic way to start contemplative prayer. But it's there. It's there. Now, the next question. How do you be holy in the marketplace? Well, you can't always put soap in people's mouth, although you'd like to. I think it's a good idea myself <laughs> to carry a bar of soap and just go. <laughs> and some soap wouldn't be enough. They need lye or something like that. But you can, you can make reparation in your heart to Jesus. Somebody tells a dirty joke. Don't listen. But sometimes you say, I can't turn my ear off. But as they're talking, you interiorly talk to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm so sorry they took your name in vain. I'm so sorry, Lord, that they told this dirty joke. I'm, I ask you to forgive them. I ask you to have mercy on them. I ask you to give them light. Give them light. See, and if they know that this bothers you, they may go on and make it worse for a while. But all of a sudden, you'll see one, maybe when you walk in, they'll be quiet. You see, you can't always change jobs. You wish you could. But you can do something about it. And wrapping up this program of Mother Angelica answering the call, it's a question about what do you do with old sacramentals? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when we uh, were building the friary, at first the friars were staying in the guest houses behind the network until finally we were able to uh, build our friary, which was dedicated in 1994. And I remember the sisters, they had collected these old sacramentals and medals and things that were tarnished and really unusable. 
and they would put them into the foundations. So our foundation and some of the additions here at EWTN, that that's typically what they would do. But, you know, if you're not building something, then the proper way to use these uh, articles mm-hmm. that are no longer usable is to bury them. You don't just throw them in the garbage, in other words. Right, and uh, and define when we're talking about sacramentals, because she talks about relics here, but mm-hmm. there's other kinds of sacramentals as well, right? Right, so if you had a Benedictine medal, miraculous medal, if you had old rosaries that were broken, mm-hmm. or these sorts of things, well, a good way to deal with them is if you put them in a foundation, in a building, but to bury them at least... You're returning them to the earth is what you're doing. And if you had holy cards or something like mm-hmm. that, pictures that are tarnished or torn, those could be burned and retu- okay. the ashes return to the ground too. So it's returning it to the ground, not to the garbage. So like a, with an old scapular, you might have mm-hmm. a situation or something exactly. like that as well. So let's see what uh, a mother has to say about something she called a berry box. We have another call. Hello? Hi, mother. Hi. Where are you from? Massachusetts. How old are you? Ten. Wonderful. What's your question? What do you do with old sacramentals or broken sacred objects? I would feel bad throwing away a broken rosary or statue. Some of them you can fix. Some are worn out. You know, we want to know what we do with them? What? We have a berry box. B-U-R-Y, berry. And a lot of things break beyond repair. And every time we build, which we seem to be doing all the time, when they, when they dig the foundation, you see, I put all of these broken objects in the corners. And, uh, and then they pour the cement on top and the whole building's blessed with broken objects. See? <laughs> The whole building is blessed. So if you know somebody is building something, or you can go out in your yard and bury it, uh, just don't uh, just don't throw them away, you know, in garbage cans. And we've been getting—I'm surprised, very happy—we've been getting relics. And I have a thing about relics because a lot of uh, elderly people, as they get older, they're almost sure their children are not gonna want their relics and they're gonna dump them. They're sending them to me. Wonderful. You can send me all you got. (laughs) Because they're blessed, see? When I pass our big relic box, I remember the wonders of these saints. They made it. We're gonna make it too. So I think that's what I would do with them, honey. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.